Welcome to the Race FF Podcast. Um, I am your host, the pretty much only person on this podcast, Jaime Garcia. I am a instructor, a TT driver uh, with NASA Pro Racing. Been doing road racing events uh, since 2008, um, since I was in my college years to now when I'm a full-grown adult, supposedly. <laughs> And um, my podcast is going to be a build journal um, and kind of talking to those who I kind of look up to in the road racing scene in SoCal. So what what's the whole point of this? So I have, uh, when I first started going out to the road um road courses here in um, SoCal, specifically Button Willow, I saw a four-door EK literally go head-to-head, like head-to-head with a uh, Corvette. And this isn't like, you know, your normal HPDE stuff where you can find like, you know, a shitty driver who's in a Corvette and somebody, somebody in a more built or more talented driver in an EK is going to be able to catch him. Like those kind of like HPD kill stories. No, these were like two, I I don't remember. It's been so long, but they were like two full blown race cars. And it blew my mind because like seeing a four door EK just take a corner away from a Corvette. And, like, so my background is, like, I, I am the only guy that's into cars from my family. So, like, of of the old, there is my cousin, a couple more people. But I didn't have somebody, like, showing me the ropes of, like, SoCal road racing or road racing or cars or anything. So I've literally been busting my knuckles, uh, messing up cars for many, many years and trying to figure out like how to go ahead and, uh, do this complicated thing that is, uh, very risky and a great waste of money. <laughs> um, and ever since I saw that, um, it left a huge impression on me to kind of like go, well, you know, seeing this Corvette and the Civic go at each other, I was just like, fuck, that shit was dope. So I was just, damn, this is, this is amazing. Like you can go out there with a Honda, with a Honda powered engine. Like it didn't have like crazy turbos or crazy time attack builds. It was like a spec like a TT5 or like a U.S. touring car spec car. So it wasn't like crazy fast or had crazy power. It was crazy fast because it's competing with like a Corvette at the time. So because of that, I really wanted to do that. I'm like, dude, that looks dope. I want to do it. But um, much like a lot of people, uh, I'm in the millennial classification 
I didn't have money. I was not. A, I was a broke-ass college student going to um, Cal State Northridge and just, like, trying to go to, like, a track day or two every year, just, like, putting all my pennies together, trying to make sure that I had at least all four tires were holding air. Like, I didn't give a shit if it was all seasons or whatever. I think one day, one track event, I had, like, three different tires on there, and the only ones that were matching were, like, the two fronts, and the two rears were, like, different. I think it was, like, an Azeni that a friend gave me, and if I remember correctly, it was a Kumo that my cousin gave me off of his CRX, and I bolted those things on and went out to fucking Big Willow with them. And I think I, I did a bunch of events with, like, that setup on on my uh, 2000 Civic EX automatic. I know. I know. A lot of people are going to give me shit. So, anyways. I, I saw that and... I, I just got bit. I'm like, dude, I, I want to do that. So I'm like, well, how do I race? I don't have any money, so how do I race? And with NASA, they have an HPDE program where you kind of like get kind of trained into being a road racer. So there's like a ladder system. So you go through their HPD one with their instructor that rides with you. And then um, you get passed up to HPD2 when you can show that you have, like, good uh, communication, good um, on-track awareness with other people, and so on and so forth until you get into the time trials. And for me, it was really hard to get into that time trial series because I was, I was broke. Like, fucking... Even... Even at um, even at the HPDE level, like it takes a lot of money because you need to have a good car, and <laughs> all of my cars that I've ever owned with the most, I think these two cars that I currently own, or partially own, uh, the second one are the only clean titles that I've ever had. Everything else has been, like, a salvaged title. And not, like, the good salvaged title where they lie to you and they say, like, oh, it was only a... Um, they, they salvaged it because they stole the interior. No, this thing was, like, total, bro. Like, chassis was bent. Like, airbags were deployed. Like, bam, that was, like... I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's get this. Let's get this car because I, I can't afford, you know, a, a real, you know, clean, nice car. All, all my cars were junk. So, um, so because of that, uh, I had to go through their HPDE program. And that was really hard for me to go and get through because I was broke and my car sucked. So getting through the HPDE program was going to take me a long time and it, and it did. I mean, here we are 2021 and, um, on the edge of actually being able to road race. 
and I started in 2008, so it's been a minute. And um, specifically, the group that I want to jump into is the Honda Challenge. That's a wheel-to-wheel series, Honda Challenge H4. So the way it breaks down is that Honda Challenge is a wheel-to-wheel series, so that means that you're fighting for position, not necessarily lap times. Though if you're going like 10 seconds faster than everybody else, you're going to be winning, theoretically. And if you're out in front, of course. But, so it's a wheel-to-wheel race, and that that's really where I wanted to go, mainly because of how accessible H4 is, because you're not really allowed to do turbos or superchargers or anything like that. It's kind of designed to be a comparative or kind of on the same level as another organization that's huge in the U.S. called SCCA. They have an ITA um, series, which is Improved Touring Car A, and Honda Challenge H4. They kind of mimic each other very similar. So, for instance, uh, the car that I uh, recently got and that's going to be the kind of cornerstone of this uh, or the main part of this uh, podcast is going to be this uh, 93 Civic Si that I bought. It's a 93 Civic Si and it's got everything in it. And I'm sure like some EG purists out there are going to be pissed off that I'm going to be fucking destroying this car and making it into a race car. I mean, it looks raggedy from the outside. It looks kind of like a clapped out EG. So yeah, it's not it's not that great looking, but everything works. I mean, the AC still works. Power steering still works. Um, cruise control is connected. I still haven't tried that out. That still works. Um, you know, the radio works. Well, it used to, and I took it out so I could put, like, a actual gauge on there for temperature. But, yeah. So, the build is, take this 93 Civic Si, and you... Keep the engine pretty much stock. You're allowed to do a 0.4 um, overbore on the cylinder heads. Again, I'm not an expert on all of this car building stuff. I'm kind of learning as I go through. And you're allowed intake, headers, exhaust, like the IEH um, that everybody uh, puts up. And most of the cars are making, like, single cams are probably making 115, 120-something horsepower. And uh, the LS cars, which are the B18B1s, or I forget the actual ones, but the actual last number, B18Bs, um, they're making, like, maybe 130 or 140. So with that being said, the H4 class right now is predominantly dominated by the twin cam engines so it's a lot of drivers prefer the b18s because they have more torque they're just a uh, torquier engines and you can run a b18 in this chassis but the biggest problem is that you're gonna have to add weight so the way that they do the road racing uh classing for this is that oh hold on let me see. Something's weird. All right. There we go. The way um, they do the road racing classing for this is that they go by 
uh, your race weight, which means that when you come in after being outside for the road race event, um, you come in and the car's weighed. So cars outfitted with the B18 engine have to come in uh, weighing with driver at 2,500 pounds. Like that's the bare minimum that you can weigh. So you have to, you know, fushigi everything you can inside of the car to get it as light as possible. There's like specific rules that, of things you can and can't change that you would have to look into specifically. But for all intensive purposes, any car with a B18, so your EGs and DCs or whatever, are going to have to come in with a minimum weight of uh, 2,500. With this one specifically, the EG chassis, I can come in at, I believe it's 2,250, so 2,250 pounds with driver. So it's almost a 300-pound advantage. And given that this car is, the whole plan of it is that me and my fiance, who also road races, um, we're going to be sharing the car. So I'll be doing the wheel to wheel and she'll be doing uh, time trials. And then when she wants to go out there and do wheel to wheel, when she gets her license, then she can do wheel to wheel. I'll do a TT so that we can have, you know, one car that's going to be pretty reliable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You'll, you'll know why I'm laughing why in the further part of this story why I'm laughing at this. So, yeah. Reliability. Wow. Um, so we can have a reliable car that can handle, you know, going out there for those kind of sessions. And Hondas are very reliable and easy on the uh, wear items. The tires are 15-inch. Um and, you know, it's going to be a good car for for that setup. So that's really what um, I was looking at. And when I was coming up with the idea of what car to get that's going to fit into the Time Trials 6, which is their lowest horsepower to weight ratio. Well, that's... I didn't word that well. It's really the slowest one. So it's going to be the heaviest towards um horsepower so the horsepower to weight ratio for like every one horsepower is equal to 18 pounds or something like that i forget the exact thing but imagine like your spec miatas spec e30s any car that makes under 165 horsepower uh from the crank or from the factory is what it's um gonna be uh included in that tt6 group which I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's fast, but, dude, it's, like, dudes and dudettes, it is fast. Uh, the lap records are, are like, crazy. So, yeah. Um, so, why the EG chassis? The EG chassis, to me, I think, is, after talking to some of the more senior um, road racers, one of them, which who I picked his brain a lot was uh, Edo Stepanian. Um, shout out to that guy. That guy's a legend. Love that guy. Super cool. Um, 
we we talked uh, a little bit and when we we're looking at different chassis and what to go in, I, I was kind of starting to focus on maybe an EK or something like that. And what Edo was saying was that with uh, Integra, a DC specifically, it was made for so many years. So you have a plethora of parts to uh, pick from. So here in the U.S., the DC chassis Integra was made from 1994 to 2001. So you have all those years of parts. If you need a lower control arm that's bent, you can go to the junkyard or whatever. And the EG is pretty much an Integra with the front end uh, wise. Obviously the brakes are a little bit different and whatnot. And there's like little nuanced differences uh, there. But for all in, for all intents and purposes, if I'm using that phrase uh, correctly, it's kind of the same thing. Um, there were other cars I was considering. Uh, one of which was the Honda Fit. Mainly because the Fit is gangster AF. And I like the Fit. But um, one of the other guys who you guys will hear from in the future is uh, Eli Villa. Who built a Kia Rio. Yeah, a Kia Rio. A spec B car. Now, I, I know, I know. Some people are going to be like, a Kia road racing? Get out of here. First of all, that guy still has faster lap times than I do. So I can't really talk shit because he's still faster. And when we talked about it, uh, cars of the golden era of Honda that had the double wishbone suspension are just really hard to fight with with something with a McPherson strut. So one of the main reasons why I was looking at the fit was the fit is allowed to weigh as low as 2,000 pounds with driver. But the fit also doesn't make that much power. So competing against, like, imagine an LS Integra at 2,500 pounds, you're 500 pounds lighter, true. But, hell, I, I haven't really seen really good numbers of, like, a Honda Fit making maybe 120 horsepower without, like, significant modification. Excuse me. Uh, that may or may not be allowed for... Uh, the Honda Challenge uh, class. So that was kind of a bust. Um, I really liked it because it's also newer, less stuff to get into, more reliable, which we'll get into reliability, and less things to mess with, you know. Um, I'm not a mechanic. I don't claim to be. Like, before jumping into this endeavor, brakes, timing belt, um, I'm your guy. I got it. Oil changes. Boom. Done. Got it. Beyond that, I'm just like, man, I don't want to do it. I don't want to deal with it. I, and I know I would just went on about having all, uh, junk cars and whatever. They're all salvaged, but they were like in good running condition. So for your local toges or canyons or whatever, they're fine. But once you get them out on track and you consistently, you know, beat on them for four 20-minute sessions, uh, you find the weaknesses in cars. So I was hoping to get something that I was going to buy, 
kind of throw some wheels and brakes at it, maybe some coilovers, and just get me and my fiance as much seat time as possible. I didn't want to build a car. So I wanted to have something as close to running as possible. And a fit would have been like pretty dope because they're just like all ready to go and pretty reliable, pretty new. And I ended up finding um at first uh old canyon racer that uh I knew uh that had a EG with a cage built in it already. And the thing is, again, I'm broke. So I uh, I probably don't recommend this, but I was planning to drive the car <laughs> to the track. Because where I live from, where I'm at, to where the tracks are, uh, the three major road racing tracks for NASA are Auto Club Speedway, um, Big Willow uh, in Rosemont, and Button Willow. And all of those are within like about an hour and a half at most from uh where i live so i was just like yeah i'll drive it there i don't want to spend money on buying a truck or something to tow and then having to get a like a trailer for it or having to constantly rent on it again i am a broke guy hence why i'm driving a honda um they're reliable <laughs> and i just uh I was like, fuck, that'd be dope. It's, his car had a registration still. It was still uh, registered and legal to drive. The only drawback was it didn't have an engine. I wanted a D-Series, which in my mind are plentiful and really easy to find. Not so much anymore. But that that's what I was uh, looking for, was something that I needed to, like, be able to drive on on the street and given that it's going to be you know intake headers and exhaust uh my plan is to actually have it you know be carb legal like why not spend the extra money get the aem uh carb legal uh intake the gc headers carb legal exhaust manifold and just like whatever cap back you know f it like Sure, it may not be the most performance out of it, but at the end of the day, if I could save on not having to drive a freaking truck or something like that and just throw everything in the hatch and just, bam, out, that'd be awesome. Um, So that's where um I was looking at uh Homeboys with the cage in it, but... Again, I didn't want to build anything. So during the time when I was like getting ready to buy it from him and I still feel like shit. So I'm I'm sorry uh to um social media what that's his uh Instagram handle. He's a very private person, so I'll probably have to delete that. Maybe. I don't know. Um so I was gonna buy his car, but then some guy on Facebook Marketplace posted up a black 93 Civic SI completely, like, intact. 
it had the stock engine and i was just like holy shit it wasn't swapped with a b20 already because so many people just like blow the engine and then just throw in a b20 and be like yeah fuck it it's it's good and then it's like not carb legal you can't you have to worry about getting hassled by police and you're just like oh you have to pay an obscene amount of money to get it smogged and that's just not something that i was willing to do because it just it just doesn't sound good so against my better judgment i was just like you know what i want to get something that i have to wrench on the least amount as possible and just get me and my fiance all the seat time as possible uh, as much as I, I can as much as possible so it um i ended up backing out from the deal uh being a flake and that's on me i messed up there um and i purchased this black 93 civic si hatch it was oily old and rusty because it came from San Francisco. Um, so it has some rust, but the good thing was that since it was so oily, that <laughs> damn, this thing is a pile. Um, it was so oily that none of the bolts were hard to remove because they were covered in oil. Even the exhaust manifold that, that are normally like a problem for people, they just cracked loose because they're just full of freaking oil, man. So, of course, they were good. This thing was leaky and whatever, but it didn't overheat. When I test drove it, I looked at the, you know, all the little things that you see on the YouTube um, guides for people to look for cars or whatever. So I looked for the type of oil leaks that it was, and it was like, from what I could tell, it's like, oh, it's the distributor o-ring that's like pissing out oil so it's like oh, okay i know that one that one's not hard i can do that and just like stuff like oil pan gaskets i could do that all, all of those things they look fine to me they didn't really scare me so what i wanted to do was you know what i recommend a lot of the students who i get um when i instruct i wanted to just throw wheels, tires, brakes. And by wheels, I just mean tires. Tires and brakes. Tires and brakes. Wheels would be dope, but, you know, that's still hasn't happened. I'd like to get some nice wheels for the car. Some, like, hot boy stuff. But <sighs> not yet. Not yet. Should have gotten them by now, but should have had, like, several sets. But, you know. Again, this reliable Honda comes back and bites me hard. Foreshadowing. So, what what was I going to do to kind of get this car like a little bit more competitive? Um, so, since it's a 93 and this is... Now, now we're going to go ahead and focus specifically for all you like Honda nerds and whatnot. Um, I ended up getting the brakes from the 94, 95 EX... Um, and placing them onto the 93. So in order to do that, I had to get the knuckles, hubs, because the 
wheel bearings for the front um, knuckles are bigger on the e-axis so it's going to have a higher thermal capacity and be able to deal with more uh, heat uh, the calipers are bigger the rotors are bigger and the brake pads are bigger and I love ARP studs um, just whenever you have to take something in and out often like you do with a, a track car just taking the wheels on and off it's just so much nicer to have the um, ARP studs to be able to like kind of slide it in a lot easier that's what she said <laughs> and um, so that's what I did um, I went out and I found some knuckles bolted them on um, that was kind of a kind of a pain um, and I drove the car um, you know over to my cousin's house to get help um, to press in the the hubs um, over in Lancaster and I took the EG I, I drove it fifth gear AC on freaking awesome just drove there drove back did it twice car drove awesome no freaking temp gauge was in the middle not no problems at all so after that the car started to overheat so i had just finished um getting the brakes done and the car overheats so i'm just like crap and as I'm doing that, I check and there's bubbles coming out of the radiator. So I'm like, damn it. Here we go. Blown head gasket. I'm like, damn it. This this is not what I wanted. So I looked around and was looking for people who could help me. Um, because I, I wasn't going to spend like $1,000 on a head. To get it redone because it's just too much money um so luckily i met um through again edo stepanian who recommended him uh i met uh alanis joe alanis and joe alanis man i love that guy that guy's the shit if you ever want to get like your heads done or whatever look for joe alanis on facebook he helped me out so much. He was so patient, explained to me th things uh, that I knew, didn't know. And it was just nice because Joe had built a lot of Honda Challenge engines. And now, like, Joe is building them out of his uh, little workshop in the back of his garage. It's very reminiscent of, like, little Japanese shops that I've uh, gotten exposure to when I was studying abroad. And we'll touch on that in the future. Um, and Joe's just like the coolest, chillest person. And it was nice to give the head to somebody and know that they're going to know what I'm asking for. And they know kind of like what the rules are. So he got the, I took the head to him. He gave me a banging price, um, turned it around like within less than a week, um, got it all together, got it back and um you know 
I downloaded the Honda service manual, put the head back together, put everything together, and, you know, got OEM parts, OEM head gasket, OEM belt, um, and, and just, like, slapped everything together and went to go ahead and started, and nothing didn't turn on. I was like, huh. Turned it on, trying to turn it on, and it was, like, spinning like it had no compression. And I was like, okay, so this is bad. And long story short, I didn't do the valve lash. So that was one of the effects. But another thing that happened was while I had the head out, uh, one of my buddies bought one of those little injector cleaner things. And it wasn't his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> I love you, Calvin. Um, but, like, I don't know what happened when we were cleaning them. Because that was their part of it, too. So, again, not a mechanic. Not, you know, that's not my strength. Um, so we cleaned the injectors that were in there because he, he got it. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, you know engines out let's just go ahead and uh, clean the injectors and not have to worry about it and i saved some money from going to rc and i don't have to go to rc so put it all back together car doesn't run okay do the valve lash car kind of cranks on and then goes up to about you know normal idle and then just I give it gas, and the thing just, like, dies faster. So I'm like, damn, I need a real mechanic. <laughs> so my buddy John, uh, who was the owner of Corner Speed Tuning over in Huntington Beach, um, he comes over. He's an awesome mechanic, built so many Subarus. And before that, he messed with nothing but Hondas. So he comes over. And we're looking through everything, everything. And I'm just like, man, this is really frustrating. Why can't I have, like, simple problems? Like, why can't it be, you know, like, oh, you got a bad distributor and that's why it's not running. No, everything tested fine. Everything tested fine. You know what didn't test fine? The injectors. You know how you troubleshoot injectors? By getting... Good injectors and swapping them out. Did I have extra injectors? No, of course not. So what my buddy did was he brought his Integra, but his was an OBD2. So the OBD2 plugs and the OBD1 plugs on this 93 one weren't um, compatible. So this is how gangster John is. And I love this guy. This guy's still like my hero. <laughs> Um, he fabs up a jumper harness. We grab his because they were, uh, done by RC engineering and we go in and shove those guys in there, turn the car on. It fucking turns on like a champ. Like it doesn't even miss a beat. And I'm just like, fuck, the injectors are bad. Somehow we messed them up when we were cleaning them. So I wrap them up. I have to send them to RC engine, uh, Engineering and Torrance and get them uh, checked out, see what's going on. Everything outside of that was good. So it has to be the injectors. 
spark everything, everything. So I get a call from uh, RC Engineering and they say, hey man, all four injectors are shit. And I'm like, what? They said, yeah. Like, we hooked them up to the tester and they can't hold any pressure. They just start spewing. So the car wasn't turning on or when I turned it on, this freaking thing was flooded. And I never figured it out. <laughs> and... Like, so what ended up happening was that now I have to get injectors. So I'm going to the junkyard and getting uh, injectors from there. Luckily, almost all the OBD-1 D-series injectors are the same. They flow to like 250cc or something like that. So I go to the junkyard, I get some, and then I just slap those guys on there to see if they still work car turns on and drives it, it, it like goes perfectly so now i have to change the oil and mind you sorry for that burp um this car now because i've replaced like the oil pan gasket like a couple little gaskets and when i got it i changed the oil it's probably on its fourth oil change now um i have to uh drain the oil Again, right after I uh, put in the head. So I had to drain this freaking oil again. And it smelled like gas. So what happened was that gas went into the um, chamber, combustion chamber, and flowed into the uh, oil pan. So that was pretty much what happened there. And I um, had to change the oil got the injectors back from RC Engineering, the ones that I found in the junkyard. And what was it? Losing my spot here a little bit. And that's really where I um, ended up coming back and putting everything together and the car was running fine. So I was excited about that because at this part, of the timeline, I was getting ready to uh, leave to Japan with a couple friends of mine. And I wanted to go out to this uh, Big Willow event and uh, drive the car out there. And before I left, I had to have the car ready to go. So I was driving in, the car was feeling fine, it was perfect. Like, in terms of running condition, car was running fine. And the the car kind of sucked in the sense that I had, like, the form and function coilovers. Like, some old, janky-ass shit. So, they were blown. And, like, it, it was... I mean, I guess they're, they're fine for, um, like, just like mountain cruising and daily driving and whatever, but I knew that this car was essentially going to be on our comps, like either Hoosiers or, well, most likely it was going to be on Toyo RRs. And those are really like, as you're driving them, they, um, 
those tar- tires, what they end up doing, according to a lot of the Honda Challenge guys that I talked to, is that when if you don't have enough spring for them, they end up bottoming out your suspension. So a lot of like Honda Challenge guys run super aggressive um, springs. So to give you an idea, we're going by pounds. I don't know what the direct um, con- conversion rate is, but one of the Honda Challenge guys drives uh, an EK... Um, and I forget like what the exact specs were, but it was like thousand spring rate up in front and then like twelve hundred in the rear. So usually they'll go like really heavy biased uh spring rates in the rear to um compensate for the like understeer or what have you, or just to get the rear to rotate. Um plus like a big old sway bar from ASR. And yeah, so that's what that's what the setup was. So I knew that I needed to get like something better, something that was going to be able to handle at least a thousand pound spring rate because I figured, you know what, this is what everybody's doing. And I'm not a crazy builder, so I just want to know what works so that I'm not messing around with stuff that's not going to work. And just grab into that and you know, seat time. That's really what I really wanted to do is just get as much seat time as possible. And what happened was that before our trip to Japan, I found some guy, again, Facebook Marketplace. If if you're not on Facebook Marketplace and you're like a enthusiast, I don't know if it's like different in different countries, but it's like one of the best ways to find used car parts now. Like Craigslist is pretty much dead. Um, offer up. It was hot for a minute, but like, I don't know. It, it's just kind of dead. Like I can't really find a lot of stuff on offer up. So um, I, I find all my best deals on Facebook Marketplace. There was this guy selling a set of coilovers, which it's not like a coilover like your BC racing where it all comes together. It's um, There were Coney Yellows, which are actually Coney Race. So Coney has two types of um, shocks in the yellow uh, umbrella that I'm aware of. is your yellow ones, which are rated for... I think up to 600 or 700 pound springs. And the Coney Race, which are rated to about a thousand. So they can handle a thousand pounds. And don't quote me on that. I'm not exactly sure on that one. I just know that the Coney ones, uh, the Coney Race ones are able to hold a lot more. And then there's the, I forget which one it is. It's like, old F1 technology one, like the Coney something 11s or what have you. And those are just like pimp shocks. Those are just dope stuff. So anyways, I find this guy who's selling those and MSRP for like uh, ground control and Coney, which is kind of the tried and true thing for Hondas, which 
that's been around since like the 2000s of just being like a tried and true setup. Um, you're looking at $1,600 for the full set. And if you get extended top hats, that's more and what have you. So this guy, and again, I'm a broke ass, like still broke, <laughs> put up a set of um, these coilovers, which are the Coney Race and Coney Sleeves, or Coney, uh, ground control sleeves and ground control springs for 700 bucks. And I was just like, dude, bet, let's go. So I went there and I got them and I needed to have these guys installed before our track day when I got back from Japan. And what was very important for that was that I needed to get this done for the um, Big Willow track day because I was coming back. What was it? I think I, I was flying in February 26th of 2020. And the track day was, um, the track day was that weekend. So I needed to have the coilover set in there, alignment set. I've already uh, decided on the tires and the, oh yeah. I didn't even mention the tires. Look at that. So the tires that I went with. Kind of going back. I know. Jumping around here. Timeline's a little skewed, but we're, we're fine. You'll, you're fine. Um, so for time trials, there's something called the contingency, which is like kind of a, a limited sponsorship. So whatever tire you choose depending on the amount of competitors in your series and in time trials, you could potentially win free tires. And that's what I did uh, previously with um, my Silver Civic, my 2009 Civic Si. I was running the Maxxis RC1s. They're not the fastest, but I was really impressed with the longevity. Again, I want to do laps. Like, I want to have something that, you know, slap together, go out there, do as much laps as you can, come back in there. They they tend to get a little greasy, like, mid-session. Uh, mid so, like, four or five laps in. They they can get a little greasy. I mean, I, I've been good with them maybe because I'm not, well, not maybe, just because I'm not at the limit. So... For instance, with their contingency, they were, if there was like five people racing in your group and you came in third place, you would get a tire. If you came in second place, you would get one tire. And if you got in first place, you would get two tires. And that's per day. So the way that NASA runs it, you get, um, you get two uh, days counted as an event. So theoretically, if you go out there and you're, let's say you're on the Maxis contingency and you finish first place, um, both days, you won four tires. Four tires is huge. Like, it, it's such a big help. 
because then you can run on stickers. You can sell your slightly used tires, recoup some money out of it. Like, it's all, like, the contingency is awesome. Especially for tires because they're such a big wear item and such a big cost. So, I was looking at what tires should I be running for the EG. Now, in the future, I'm going to have to run the Toyo RR. Um, uh, 225, uh, 45, I think is, is the one, 225, 45, or 225, 40, I, I forget the sidewall management, uh, 15, that's going to be the spec tire for Honda Challenge, but for right now, if I can, why not find a tire contingency that I could get a little bit of extra tires for, and hell, if i can i could sell them and you know recoup some money and you know just just keep on racing and cut the cost as much as i possibly can so the tires that i was looking at were the maxis rc1s the toyo r888rs uh the nitto and teal ones and i forget what the other one was I didn't really want to go with like the 200 treadwear tires because there's not a lot of contingencies for them unless you win like first place and you have like five or six competitors in there. So I was like, eh, that and like, like the 200 treadwear tires are good and they're still pretty fast. So those are always a good option, but like, I don't know. I I wanted to get something like at least a 100 treadwear tire that I could kind of drive there and back. And if it missed it, because it's SoCal. Like, our rain is what other people would call mist. Um, that's, what, that's what I would end up uh, doing, is just driving the car there and back. So a full slick like the Maxxis RC1 was kind of out of the question. The car, I mean, the 93 Civic didn't come with traction control or ABS, so you put it on a full slick with, like, a little bit of a wet road and then SoCal where people don't know how to drive in the rain, you're asking for trouble. So because of that, I was looking at also the NTO one but the NTO one even though I like it and I think it's a dope tire, it it, it doesn't have any contingencies in NASA, so there's no sponsorship. So if I win with an uh, NTL one, it's like, cool, but maybe I could have gotten money out of it from, like, running a, a Maxxis or a Toyo. And Toyo gives you something called Toyo Bucks. So you use these as credits to buy tires. It's a way of them not having to give you a full tire, but still be able to give you, um, like, a little bit of uh, a, a, well, not a little bit. This is it's a significant discount um, towards tires. So, and, and they can still get some money coming in because I mean, it's funny. Like everybody needs to make money. Um, so I went with the Toyo R Triple Eights. So when I came, when I was going to be coming back from Japan, I think I arrived like a Tuesday or. A Wednesday or something like that. 
and I needed to have the car ready for Saturday. So I figured, you know what? It's going to be easy because if anybody's ever taken out uh, shocks and springs from uh, from a Honda, especially the 90s ones, it's, it's stupid simple. You have like two bolts on the top and then um, three at the bottom for the front fork. Well, it's two, but it's the lower one's a nut and bolt. And, you know, slapping those out, it will be super easy. And I don't have to compress the springs because the springs are just, you know, they're, they're not getting reused. So I just have to slap this whole thing together and I'll be fine. And... That was going to be the plan. I needed to have the car ready for that. And I went out to Japan, went with my buddies. I'm going to try and see if I could get them on this podcast so that we could talk about our trip over there and how, like, it <laughs> it, it was it was a fun trip it it was kind of it was very different to the trips that I've taken before to Japan but yeah that that that's definitely going to be its own little uh, episode that I'm going to do with them and um I needed to have all that ready for the weekend so I figured you know fine get the suspension on go get the alignment and then uh, go to the Big Willow track day. And I honestly think we're at, well, that's a good amount of time. I think this is going to be it. This is going to be my first episode. Uh, thank you very much for those who are listening. It's not all going to be my, like, troubles with this e- EG car. It's going to be, um, more breakdowns of, like, track day events and, stuff coming in the future but i'm really excited for this if you have feedback notes or anything like that um send them my way uh thank you for listening uh subscribe um and yeah um thanks to anybody uh that's listening and hopefully this was entertaining so yeah bye